Our text uh, this morning comes to us from the first chapter of Philippians, verses 1 through 11. Hear the word of the Lord. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all of the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi with the bishops and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you, constantly praying with joy in every one of my prayers for all of you because of your sharing in the gospel from the first day until now. I am confident of this, that the one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to think this way about all of you because you hold me in your heart. For all of you share in God's grace with me, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how I long for all of you with the compassion of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may overflow more and more with knowledge and full insight to help you determine what is best so that in the day of Christ you may be pure and blameless, having produced the harvest of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ for the glory and praise of God. The word of the Lord. Let us pray. We've set aside this time of worship, O God, because we were called here by your Spirit. So we ask now that your spirit would use these words from scripture to speak deeply into our heart and to our life together. We ask it in the name of the word made flesh, Jesus Christ, amen. The chances are great that you came to seminary because you want to make a difference with your life perhaps as a scholar, or as a pastor, a social worker, or in some other nonprofit work. If you came here to learn how to make a great deal of money, you've made a terrible mistake. <laughs> it's always important to make that clear at the beginning of an academic year. <laughs> no, you don't care so much about that. What we care about here is calling. Even if your call is to find a call. We use this language of calling to describe life's um, purpose, its, its created design. We actually live with many callings, not only the call to work, but also the call to relationships the call to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly, the call to self-care, and the call to community. We care a great deal about what it means to be a people in community. 
called to a community. And like every other calling we have, this one is deeply grounded in our primary calling to glorify and enjoy God. The celebrated playwright, Vlachoff Havel, was imprisoned for his resistance to his totalitarian government. He was confined to four and a half years of hard labor. As you know, he later became the celebrated first president of the Free Czech Republic. But while he was in prison, he wrote some powerful essays about the meaning of life. These were smuggled out of prison under the guise of being letters to his wife and were later published in a book called Letters to Olga. In one of these essays, he claims that the secret of human beings is the secret of their responsibilities. Now, we may not have been in prison, but we do know about hard labor. You worked hard to get here. You'll work hard while you're here. And if when you leave here, you're going to do anything worthy of your life, you will again be working hard. But whenever we get either bored or overwhelmed by our work, we find it irresistible to ask, is this really what I'm even supposed to be doing? Is this my responsibility? Is this my real calling? So isn't it striking that when the Apostle Paul is in prison himself in Rome and is writing a letter to the church in Philippi, a letter that speaks a great deal about calling, he begins his observations not by talking about our work, but about God's work. It's as if to say you're never going to understand your work, your responsibility, your calling, unless you're very clear about the work of God. I am confident of this, the apostle writes, after long years of hard labor as a missionary. The one who began a good work in you will bring it to completion in the day of Jesus Christ. Why do we care so much about our work? I think it's because we're made in the image of a God who is a worker. As I indicated last week, the, the very opening pages of the Bible depict God at work in creation. And here in our text today, the Apostle Paul is claiming that God's work of creation is not done among you. There is more creativity from God to unfold. Alleluia. More of God's good work to come. The word that the Apostle uses here for work is ergon. It has the connotation of a work that is um, purposeful, productive. In physics, an erg is a measurable unit of work. So what the apostle is saying is that God's creativity in our life is concrete. It is purposeful. 
Sometimes you can even measure it. That's the good work of God in you. The work that had begun, but is not yet complete. But let's remember that Paul is writing this letter to a church in Philippi. So this good work in you refers not just to the individual you, it refers to the community in which you live and work. And nothing is harder work than being in community. But Paul says, God has not left us on our own in community. That the same Holy Spirit who wants hovered over the darkness, shoving it, the darkness and chaos aside, creating light and beauty in its place, that Holy Spirit is at work in our community, creating a good work. Now some days, this good work is hard to see. Other days, it's abundantly clear. Last week, our community had many days of great, deep joy. It was clear that the Spirit was at work. This week, we've had days of pain and deep hurt. When one part of the body suffers, the whole body of Christ is wounded. And who knows what next week will bring to the community. But we can know this. We can know, the apostle claims, that the creator who has formed our community and called us to it in Jesus Christ is not done with us. But there is more to unfold. In his book on community called Life Together, Dietrich Bonhoeffer warns that there is an inevitable early disillusionment with every experience of community. That's because Christian community is not a human ideal, it is a divine reality. And the divine chooses to form community in the places of sin and hurt. That's how redemption works. Or as the apostle says in our text today, the one who hath begun a good work in you will bring it to completion in the day of Jesus Christ. Clearly, we're not at that day yet. The work isn't complete. But if along the way we want to have a vision of what our community should look like, let's keep focused on Jesus Christ. He's the one who's called us together into community, and through the Spirit, we're being formed into his image as the body of Christ. But that's God's work. And frankly, it's sheer grace. So then, what is our work? Well, we get to that in, in verse 9. My prayer the apostle says, is that your love may overflow more and more with knowledge and full insight. 
as we come to know each other more and more for all of our gifts and all of our flaws, as we come to know God more and more through our theological studies in our common life, we can choose to let our love overflow more and more. That's not an emotion. In the words of Vaclav Havel, that's the secret of our responsibilities. And when we get weary of the hard work of loving in community, let us turn our focus again back to the work of God among us, which inspires us to realize that he who hath, the one who hath begun a good work in us, that one will bring it to completion. God is not done. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.